Hi, I'm Dave Dufour. I'm John Schaup. And I'm Marsha Fulmer. And we are Theater Geeks. Hey, welcome to Theater Geeks, podcast about community theater and the performing arts. Um, we have just come off of an event here at our home theater, Elkhart Civic Theater at the Bristol Opera House, which was an improv competition. It was our uh, annual, actually we've done it two years, I guess that makes it annual now, it does. Um, improv festival and competition, uh, Comedy Criminals, and uh, had a great Great deal of fun, and uh, even Marsha enjoyed it, who is not a huge fan of improv, but there we go, uh, and she did she did have a good time. But we have a special guest today. One of the judges for uh, Comedy Criminals this year was Jill Olson, who is um, Chicago-based uh, director of Storytown, or founder and director of Storytown. She's also the Chicago director of Funny Bones Improv, and uh, you also teach, uh, you teach improv as well in a workshop setting, etc., but welcome to theater geeks jill good morning thank you for having me thank you for being here we are um uh i'm really interested in just if you can kind of just tell us you know how did you get into improv i know that you're not originally from chicago so you ended up at chicago somehow but can you give us like a short form bio as to you know how you ended up where you were um i got into improv actually by accident um a friend i was working at a restaurant at wanted to go to an audition but didn't want to go by herself and this theater company in Baltimore was like auditioning for everything they could possibly do in their theater. There was a late night live sitcom. There were plays of the season. And then they also were doing this improv group and they called me and they were like, will you please be part of our improv group? You obviously are trained. And I had to admit that I didn't even know there was an improv portion of the audition. I just thought I was warming up. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of snuck up on you. That's right. Well, That's cool. They were like, those games we played. And I was like, oh, we weren't just warming up. Like, I don't understand any of this. And they were like, oh, gosh, you have a long way to go, but not a long way to go. Um, so I worked. I did that improv troupe. And then in college, I started uh, doing some comedia stuff. And then when I went to graduate, I was in love and was going to move to New York city. And my professor was like, no, you're not allowed to, you have to go to Chicago and do second city and IO. And I was like, no, I'm in love. I'm going to New York with my boyfriend. And he was like, no, I cannot let you do that. <laughs> uh -oh. uh, sometimes a professor has more pull, huh? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, now in Chicago, tell us, tell us a little bit about what Storytown is. Uh, Storytown is an improvised musical for children. When we start the show, we cover the back of the theater in butcher paper. Mm -hmm. And the children get to pick a location for the story for the day. And then they all come up on stage and draw the backdrop of what they think is there, setting stuff. And the cast uses that as inspiration for the show. Mm -hmm. We have a piano player on one side that is underscoring and then pimping the actors into songs as the show goes on. We also have two artists on the side building costumes and props as the show goes on. And kids can give suggestions throughout the show, come up on stage and become characters themselves, help with sound effects, special effects, whatever they think should happen next. So this, and this is done before in front of an audience, correct? Yes. Okay. It is a live hour-long improvised musical every Saturday morning. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. 
That is, is really cool. The most fun ever. What, what, now, you know, you're, you've been, you studied with Second City and you've done, you know, a, a lot of improv and uh, you have a lot of knowledge there. What, what do you learn from the kids? Because I always think, you know, when you bring kids into an environment like that, there's something like you go, oh my God, I never thought of that. And then it's, then you, you learn more about the art form itself. Anything like that come about with you? Um, the amazing thing about working with kids is their imagination and how they connect the dots of why one event leads to another and how to solve problems. Uh, like we're always like, oh, no, we have to go to space. And how do we get there? And the kid's like, oh, you get a large ladder. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> they're right. like, great, let's build a really long ladder right now. And they're like, yeah, duh, let's do this. So cool. So um, you also carry this into um, into uh, hospitals as well uh, with the um, that's with the funny bone improv or is that or is is, is that more than just in the, the hospital stuff? Our their primary mission is hospitals. There uh-huh. is they're based here in Chicago. There is a troop in New Orleans too. Right. So there are different cities. The woman who founded it came to Chicago to study improv, was working on it here, and then was like, great, I'm going to go be with my family and where I'm from in my home, New Orleans, peace, guys. And everyone in Chicago was like, no, we need to keep doing this. So they kept a group here. So we go to uh, hospitals here in New Orleans. They do a lot more community shows just because it Mm -hmm. is a smaller community where in Chicago, improv is everywhere. Right. Um, but we primarily focus on the hospitals and going in. But in the past two years, we've been doing a lot of workshops with staff and child life specialists in the hospitals to help give them a knowledge of improv and games that they can play with the kids and how humor is the best medicine. Right. Well, that's kind of like along the lines of what, what what Patch Adams was doing. I was just kind of actually reading about him recently that, you know, he's got something called the Gesundheit Institute, but it's all about humor and health. And that's, you know, it's kind of was it's, it's a kind of a big area that's been actually researched. So um, and so you do like what, just like a half hour show with with the, with the kids in a hospital or do you just kind of go into a room uh, room by room in a hospital and work with kids or how does that work? We normally have monthly or bi-monthly shows at a hospital that the hospital knows that's our time, that's our day. And they'll let the families know. Families a lot of times will change when they are coming to visit so they can bring siblings. And then we go to a playroom and we'll do an hour-long show. Mm-hmm. We are talking. We're trying to get into Comer's Children's Hospital right now. Right. Um, but part of that is they have a lot of sicker kids that cannot leave the rooms. Mm -hmm. So we have to go through a special volunteer process so that we can probably bring a smaller group and go bedside to bedside. Right. And so now, now what do you have a, you have a grant to do this or how does that, how are you funded? Um, It is a a nonprofit. I luck out that I don't have to do any of that money stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The board, uh, does that in New Orleans. We were just given a grant, which is why I got to go in and do a bunch of workshops. Um, there right. are individual givers. There are grants. Um, hospitals do to try to help bring it. There is a fee for hospital per show. Um, but a lot of it is trying to get outside funding to, you know, promote right. this. No, no, which wait. is hard because no one can come see the shows because it's, 
in hospitals for sick children. You don't get Facebook invites. To right, go see right, 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 yeah. Jill, when you go into the hospitals, the, you take the troop with you? Is yes. That, okay, do you take adults or kids or what? So they are adult performers performing okay. for Let me ask you, do you find that youngsters do improv more easily than adults because adults may have all kinds of inhibitions and things. So that maybe kids who are a lot more open and free uh, are able to come up with the kind of off the wall situations and places and people that live in improv. My short answer is yes. And my short answer is no. Ah, Okay. Um, some kids completely open up to it and there's not a problem. Their imagination, they let go. Oftentimes, especially in like my classes, shy kids get signed up to get them not so shy. Yeah. Um, and where two adults, if you said do a scene, we understand what that means intellectually Two characters talking, whereas kids will just stand there and be like, let's talk about things around us. So they don't understand like the relationship based of a scene, which is why we do a lot of short form stuff. But some kids are phenomenal and will blow you away and you don't know where it comes from. And you'll even have some kids in class that like for two weeks, you're like, okay, okay. And then week three, you're like, where was this performer hiding from me for two weeks? And something just clicks and they get it and they turn into different characters and it's, it's really amazing to watch. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you, you find also that, that kids who are maybe not so active because of their illness or whatever, sort of sort of come to life when they're able to do something like this? Yes. We just went to rush last week and we, we only had one little boy that could come down to the room. So he and his mom had a private show. It was just him. And he was sitting there talking, talking, and finally he started getting up and playing all the games. At the end of the show, his mother turned to him and was like, see, he, our day started pretty rough, but we're kind of doing amazing right now. And he was like, yes. He's like, this is the best thing ever. And he got up and there was no worry about anything else at that moment. So oh, I thought you were going to ask. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> John, it's your turn. It's my turn to ask a question, yes. Jill, I guess. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm, you'll find that I'm one of these people that just gets fascinated by listening to people's stories. So, well, I, and unfortunately, I could talk for forever, so I have to try to. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, my brain is, has been constantly going back, though, to your, your work with the musical. I, I, I'm dumbfounded that you can actually build props and costumes and set pieces while yeah. the show is going on. How does that work? So we have, there's a table on one side with a bunch of random art supplies. Um, Birthday party hats are huge, popsicle sticks, construction paper, foam core. And then we do have a tub of odds and ends costumes that we have just collected. Um, But the artist is watching from the side and will just add things as they see it from one point of view. So it's almost like a extra gift to the actor. I see. Like, I don't know what this was, but they're seeing it this way. Now I'm going to use it. 
and it becomes awesome. That's, or you'll see a character where you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. And we've seen him for two scenes. And finally, an act, the artist comes out and gives him a cape and a mustache. And the audience is like, yes, that is how we pictured him. This I is see. Amazing. Oh, I see. I wondered if it was like if they're doing it and they're and they're almost like improving at the same time. That's that was so they're they're yeah. kind of thinking about it and doing their input. And then that that changes the storyline. Does that ever happen? Uh, completely. We had one, bless the art department for this one. We had one where the, we were searching for this magical ring and they made this gorgeous ring and it came out and the actor was like, oh, not this ring. The real ring is much bigger. <laughs> and that probably went like four times. Or oh, different geez. characters kept finding the ring and they're like, oh, no, no, that's a fake one. The real one. And finally, there was this huge gaudy ring that somehow they made it where if you pushed the bottom, it like flowered and confetti fell out of it. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I want one but of those. But they have to play back and forth. We had another one where there were these two girls in their sisters in their bedroom bored and wanted to go out on an adventure and an actor came out and gave them like this scarf thing. And they were like, great, I have a scarf. What kind of costume is, and then they went, Oh gosh, now we can use this to climb out the window. Uh, um, you, you talk about the, um, the, um, the kind of the prime rule that you work within, which is the whole yes and rule in improv, which uh, if, maybe you can explain that. Uh, but also, how do you get kids to accept that? I've I've done some things in a theater class that I teach where you really have to pound home that no, you don't you don't change something that has already quote happened, uh, and but because especially students, uh, and I've done it on high school level too, where they want to, they want to say, no, no, that's not what happened. That's, you know, or that sucks. I want to do something else. And it totally blows the thing up. How do you get kids to accept that? Or are they easier to train that way? In the shows, it's very easy because they are there watching it with you build it. And you are taking their ideas from the back wall and bringing them onto stage and bringing them um, up on level. So they're connecting the dots and they love it. And they don't have a sense. I mean, there are some kids that are like, wait, 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 let me tell you the real science uh-huh, yeah. that can't. Uh, but for the most part within the show, they get it and they buy in, they're watching a show. They're part of it in class. Sometimes it is hard. I did a scene with one child and I said something and he was like, Oh no, I don't really like that thing. And I was like, oh, I know what your character. Yeah, but I, I don't like that. Thing. Oh, so couldn't I, separate themselves from the character. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't like that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and you're stuck with that. No, you're I You're stuck don't. with that. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times it is a character versus child. Yeah. Uh, I had two girls do a scene and they were both like, backstage getting ready for a show. So each of them was like, I'm the prettiest. I'm the prettiest. And I was like, Emily, what if you told her she was the prettiest? She was like, why would I, why would I say that? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, but then we have some, like, then we've got a difference between the two and we can go from there. And normally if you point it out saying no, they get it. Um, But it's, teaching these skills on and on. We do one thing where it's like, Charlie is, you're planning a party for Charlie. Um, And someone comes up with an idea and everyone else just says no. And we're like, so how was the party? And they're like, well, we didn't get to actually make a party because everyone said, no, I couldn't actually do anything. 
So then you pitch another idea and everyone can say, yes, but, and you're like, well, how was that part? Well, we didn't do a party because a yes, but is actually a no. Mm -hmm. And then now we're uh, doing the party and everyone can say yes. And, and everyone's like, Oh, so, Oh, that's what you're talking about, Miss Jill. So it's different ways of looking at it, which is why there are so many different games that indirectly teach these things and get into muscle memory as opposed to an intellectual, you're saying yes. And for this reason. Right. Um, Okay, then here's here's my question. Why should kids learn this? Uh, it does creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduces kids who normally wouldn't be friends and work together. Right. It promotes teamwork. There is problem solving involved in it. Uh, it also teaches empathy. You have to take on different characters, walk in their shoes. It teaches you how to relate to other people and recognize why someone feels a a different way, how you can tell if someone feels a different way. We play a lot with um, giving clues instead of saying, I am mad. Show me you're mad. Show me you're sad. Like, how can I see it? Show me, don't tell me. Mm -hmm. And then you can recognize that in the world. Right. Um, It also just builds confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean these in are in a very these are, uplifting, supportive environment. Th- these are all things we'd like adults to have too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I said, is it easier to to get this from children than it is from to get it from adults who may be kind of all mm. you know s- strapped up when they get up on stage and they just don't want to uh, open up. Yeah, and I would say kids will break that down. It, it also depends what age range. Yeah. Young kids, it's so easy. Middle school to high school is hard. And that's probably because that's probably the toughest time of our life. Right. Um, well, that's, for, when, that's when peer pressure, that's when peer pressure kicks in. You don't want to be the one that isn't cool. You don't want to be the nerd. You don't, you know, it's just, or you want to, you know, it, it's, they don't want to expose themselves in, in ways that they aren't worried about when they're younger. Which is Often I play, we'll start a lot with circle games. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we all do the same thing together. If I do something and it's silly, then it's silly and awkward. But now everybody has to do it just like I did it. So it's then it's beautiful and amazing. It's permission giving. Yes. In the sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do, I do, a, I've, I've been in high schools where I've tried to, you know, you're probably familiar where you have a, a story, you know, you start a story and then you stop it in mid sentence and pass it to the next person and they've got to pick it up right from there. And so, and yes. I've done that in classes and I've done that in, yeah, in, uh, in schools. We used to do and it's a good, it's a good, it's a party parties. game. It's a party. Yeah. That, I think the drunker, the better sometimes. I was gonna say. Anyway, but, uh, I, I remember we stopped doing it in high schools. I was in an auditorium setting and I pointed the mic at one kid kid and literally the kid crawled under the chair i mean it was he was hiding he was, he was physical reaction and i think it was just the that fear of exposure and uh that was and i really felt bad about it but you know sometimes you know i think maybe large group wasn't the right answer there as well because it was in an auditorium but um i i know that you know the, the age makes a difference 
which is why we'll start a lot of things in a circle, mm-hmm. which we're all doing this silly thing together. Right. And my little kids, I tell them, I'm like, I dare you to be sillier than I am. Right. Like, it cannot happen. Right. Um, and if one person does it silly, if all of us do, all of us do it. It's amazing. And if you throw a bunch of random over the top things at them, it slowly breaks that down. And they're like, wow, yeah. this is great. Um, which is also, I worked with some social workers and they were like, this is the most freeing thing ever. And I feel I've been working with, the, it was in a university and they were like, we've been in the same class, with these 20 people for all semester. And I, I feel like I met them more tonight than ever before. Hmm, yeah. What is the ideal size for, if you're doing like an improv group and I'm not, not specifically going into hospitals or anything like that, but when like you're a workshop, yeah. When you're doing, want to get an improv group, what is the ideal size for that? Um, so for teaching, you want it to be under 20. Okay, 20 seems uh, a lot to me. <laughs> 20 seems like a lot of people to me for improv, or do you just do them section by section kind of? I would say 15 to 20. Well, and I'm probably going because I have to get as many people in a room as I can. I wouldn't yeah. go over okay. 20. 15 is a really good size. Um, you can do stuff all together in a circle, but then you can also watch other people and perform for them. So after you do circle work, you can have some people up on stage, other people watching and then switch because you actually do learn a lot just by watching. Okay. And if there are people watching you while you're in a workshop environment, there's already that safety, but there is a certain, uh, something that kicks in when you are performing, but it's within the safety of a workshop. As far as a, like a team performing, together for a performance yeah seven five to seven okay that's what we do for storytown we do five to seven uh actors okay so okay if you filled in the blank nothing kills an improv class faster than what would that be judgment okay when you're judging other people's you're judging and evaluating and instead yeah. of just playing, yeah. just doing it. Yeah. Instead of just playing. Cool. Well, and the funny thing is we actually judge ourselves more than anyone else. Yeah. Oh, Probably. Yeah. Right. Well, we censor ourselves. Certainly. Yeah. Jill, do you find that, uh, is there a lack of women in improv? We were talking about that the other night. It sounds like maybe there is, or is, is it getting better? I, I am the wrong person to talk to because everyone will fight me that I do not see a lack of women. Okay. There, there was kind of um, there was kind of a low percentage uh, Saturday night here with the troops that were competing. Yeah, because there was one woman in each one of the groups. Right. <clears throat> and I'm is that normal or or some troops have some groups have more or what? I don't. Some groups yeah. have more. Some groups are even. Some groups are all women. Okay. I mean, the IO theater, which is their second city and there's IO, IO is run by a woman. Like the second biggest improv theater in Chicago is run by a woman. Um, there's the women's comedy, uh, women's funny festival. Like there are so many women. I'm also spoiled that I'm in Chicago that I'm like, there are just 
too many improvisers. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I was wondering. If maybe too many just- improvisers. Yesterday, I was begging for men. I'm like, I need strong men. And everyone's like, you're lying. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I need more men in my group. Wow. Um, so now... Do you do you do grown up improv? I mean, not not aimed at not with kids uh, somewhere in Chicago. Uh, personally, perform. I don't anymore. Oh, okay. I trained in improv and did it, and then I was an actor for a children's group that got dissolved and started Storytown. Right. And now, because I you know decided I'm now starting a company and can run that, I don't have the time. For yeah. a long-term commitment, <clears throat> will make you do right. Okay. Um. So instead, I like short theater commitments. Cool. Now, story right? and, and you know, rehearse for a month, do a show for a month, and then it's over. Okay. So now, Storytown is where that that's in the building that you said used to be called the theater building. Uh. Yeah. Yes. Stage seven seven three. Okay. And, and if I wanted to come and see your show, could I do that? Or do you keep uh, creepy old guys like me out <laughs> when the kids are performing? Creepy is not Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just know if you're doing if it was strictly children and parents or if it was something like that. Yeah. No, and we'll also get a lot of improvisers who will randomly come watch the show mm-hmm. uh, whenever the Chicago Improv Festival is in town. Right. There will be these groups from out of town who are like, I've heard about Storytown. I got to come see it. There's one group from Nashville that comes and watches it every year. Wow. So there's like seven improvisers in the back loving it. Yeah. Do you, do you know what music you're going to be using? I mean, is that like a consistent thing that you use or the piano player is making everything else up too? Wow. That I don't understand, and they are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I that I've never and been able to understand either. Well, that's like we had like, some Girl Scouts come last week, so we did a Q and A, and I asked the girls. I was like, "Who here plays an instrument?" And the girls are like, "Yeah," because everyone makes their kid learn an instrument at some point. And I was like, "John, will you please talk to us about that?" And he, when he moved to Chicago and started doing it, he's like, "Yeah, I took lessons from several different people for several different reasons," and he's like, "I had to learn." you know, focus on my regular piano stuff. He was like, but then I specifically uh, learned, trained under someone to like understand the musical impro element of it. And it's phenomenal and they're amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, to me, it was hard enough to think of words, <clears throat> let alone uh, sing along. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And the two elements working together, uh, improv piano and then improv lyric is just, uh, that's just mind boggling for me. Yeah, me too. And we'll have families who come often to the show and they're like, Jill, we love it. We love it. And we love that it's improv, but the, the songs are pre-written, right? Uh-huh. Still, just like last time, all made up. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could probably, if you had like several, like, you know, public domain kind of folk songs and children's songs that you could, you know, use and re-lyric, I mean, that would be a way to do it, but it's sort of, yeah, it's more interesting when it's made up on the spot. Yeah. There, I am blown away by the musical aspect of it because I am not a singer and I am not musically inclined in any way whatsoever. They're phenomenal. Right. Um, let me, okay. Let me, uh, give me some, give me some websites uh, for information on Storytown. Where do people go? Storytownimprov.com. Okay. 
and that gives okay. you all the schedules, information, how to come and see it, and auditions when you have them, et cetera, right? Yes. And we're at, we perform every Saturday at Stage 773. Mm-hmm. And their website is uh, stage773.com. Okay. All right. And then for Funny Bones Improv, is that something that's generally we can find out about as well online? Yes, they have a website as well. Everyone has websites now. Yeah. Uh, funnybonesimprov.com. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, so, okay, where's the best place to see improv in Chicago? If I, besides Storytown. I know, right? Besides Storytown. Um, if you do go to stage 773, mm-hmm. they actually have four different stages in their building. Right. They have rentals to resident uh, theater companies, but they also have two stages that they do improv and sketch on. Uh-huh. Um, IO just moved down uh, in Lincoln Park and have this huge new building with four stages. And TJ and Dave, um, famous improv duo, actually have their own theater there where okay. they're in charge of all the programming. IO so is the Improv Olympics, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They were. They can't. You can't say Olympic anymore. The Olympic. They own the word. Is com is comedy sports oh. still in Chicago? Comedy sports is comedy sports is just on the other side of the uh, train from Stage Seven Seven Three on Belmont. Okay. On Belmont. You can see it from the red line. Okay. Cool. And Annoyance is now on Belmont too. There's a new Belmont Theater District. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that the other night. Not not too far from ye old Wrigley Field, I'm thinking, maybe. Uh not so, too yeah, south. Yeah, kind of in there okay yeah mm-hmm. cool well thanks very much for I, I guess i had my geography completely mixed up there she's she's, she's trying to be nice and say, oh, I, I could tell you were being nice sure yeah, thank you dave you just had to bring in a baseball dave reference. you're totally disoriented but uh i'll go along with that uh, <laughs> from one to the other that's right Wrigley fields at addison which is 3600 belmont right. 3200 you're golden i was going to say red line that's how i get to wrigley field so i know what i talking about all right so anyway thanks very much jill for joining us here on theater geeks um and we're uh do you have anything else you want to tell the folks out there i don't i don't think so i'm good i had a wonderful time over the weekend it was a blast great good Uh, we were glad to have you we're hanging out with jessica hardy and watch improv and laugh is you know, a hoot. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for being with us. I uh, just uh, want to close this down here and uh, say that uh, if you want to find our podcast, go to uh, iTunes. We are also on the Blueberry Network. We're on uh, Stitcher, uh, Smart Radio, and uh any place where good podcasts are bought and sold. We're everywhere. Everywhere. And please stop by our store, theatergeeks.com forward slash store, where we have all kinds of stuff, including Marsha's favorite. Oh, coffee mugs. Coffee mugs, which hold lots of coffee and keep it warm and all that kind of stuff so you can get your geek gear there. Uh, Thanks again to Jill Olson for being with us. I'm Dave Dufour. I'm John Schaup. And I'm Marsha Fulmer. And we are Theater Geeks. Okay, we're done. Wonderful. Hey, all right. Thanks a lot, Jill. Thanks, Jill. uh, We'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Music for Theater Geeks was provided by MusicAlley.com. Theater Geeks is a production of the Dufour Creative Network.